0: Hello and welcome along to the Property Canopy podcast. I'm your host, Ebert Knight. I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we're talking about how to go hard and go early in property investment. Now, this comes from a listener of the show who says, Hey guys, I've been thinking about this. How would you apply our current government's go hard, go early approach to property investment? Now, I realized after I thought about this and wrote down some notes that perhaps this listener of the show really meant in terms of regulation of property investors, but What we're going to talk about is if you are a property investor and you want to go hard and go early, what would you actually do in that instance? Now, Andrew, I want to get your take on this, but I first want to ask you, do you think that you went hard and early yourself?
1: So Ed asked me this off air, which was quite confusing to me because I'm still at the tender age of 36. So I thought I was still in the early stages of property investment, which he just laughed in my face. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So so, uh, look, Absolutely, I guess is the short answer. I was probably my own worst enemy when I started investing because I talked myself out of every deal that I'd come across and I was just too cautious. I mean, I still managed to get started at 19, so I wasn't that bad, but I absolutely did talk myself out of a few good deals that could have made me a lot of money. And I guess probably in the early stages, my big strategy was save. Before I found a property, I just wanted to save more money. And so I'd save every possible dollar that I could and I'd do everything I could to Make an extra buck.
0: Andrew, I remember as well, you once said to me that you paid some measly sum for board as well. What was that?
1: I I think I paid John and Marie Nichol $50 a week. And that was, you know, all inclusive. So you had power. Remember back in those days, you had to get on a treadmill for the power. So I'd bike on the treadmill for two hours a night and then it would power the black and white TV. But yeah, I paid $50 a week for all inclusive board. My children will not get away with it quite so lucky. And so I would save every bit of money that I could. I didn't buy a car until I was 18. Actually, to be fair, that was when I got my license. I got my car and I bought my license or a little bit thereafter and I only got a license so I could go to a bar and have a beer. I didn't have much in the way of expenses. I had a good job at the BNZ and so I was able to save most of my money. The other thing you need to do is you need to build your equity. So when you're in that planter stage, you need to be able to build that equity really quickly because you want to be able to repeat the process. So the way you do that is renovations and give every last bit of time that you've got. I mean, I wasn't working for myself back then, so I actually had a life. So that life I'd use to go and renovate property and clear the gardens and all those kind of things, and then smash down your personal mortgage. If you are in that planter stage and you've got a personal mortgage, you need to renovate your own house as well as investment if you've got that, but you need to try and pay down your personal debt as quickly as possible. And I always say, make sure you do that with the ability to redraw. So I know I've spoken about that before, but for any new listeners, don't pay extra money into your mortgage without having the ability to redraw it again. Because if you do, and the bank's policy changes, the only way you can get that money back is sell the property because it's not liquid. Using things like offset mortgages or revolving credits, really important way to kind of create that equity increase.
0: One thing I do want to just jump in and say as well, just for anybody who hasn't listened to an episode recorded about one or two weeks ago, the planter stage that Andrew is talking about now is a model based on three different stages of life. We call the first stage planting in terms of your financial life, where you're trying to build some equity, growing, where you've got some equity that you've already built up and you want to take that further by investing in potentially lots of properties, and then the harvesting stage which is where you've got some equity and you want to live off the proceeds of that. So that's the planter stage when you're kind of sub 30, sub 35, depending on the stage where you're trying to build up some equity. Otherwise, would certainly recommend listening back to that episode or checking out the article in Juno Investing Magazine, which I know you explained that as well, Andrew. And I'm just wondering, some of the investors that you've been working with, are there any instances where you've been really impressed with people who have gone hard and gone early as young people?
1: Yeah, actually, well, Derry, who's just recently come on as one of our property partners in Auckland, he came to me as an investor first. So he came to me with his partner. They had saved a substantial deposit. These are, and I think we're going to have Derry or someone he knows on the show talking about living a affordable lifestyle, basically living on the smell of an oily rag, something that I couldn't do or Ed couldn't do quite the same way as these guys. His partner lives on something like, I don't know, four dollars a week on food. She she lives cheaper than the kids in Africa. She's amazing. Four dollars a week. Oh, no, that's an exaggeration. But it's it just, you know, amazing money. So they'd saved so much. And then when they came to see me, their big realization was actually that money in the bank's really inefficient. And so after a meeting with me, they ended up doing due diligence on three rental properties. I'm sure, you won't mind me telling you this all 30,000 of you. And he ended up buying all three of them because they want to actually go really hard in their investment. And now whilst planning a wedding, they're figuring out how they save even more money for their deposits. And because those properties are not due for completion for another 12 months, they'll be creating equity before they've even settled a property. So yeah, that's a good example of someone that is very close to the business.
0: Now, the other thing you can do if you're maybe at a later stage, so maybe you've owned your property for a while, you might be in your early 40s, maybe late 30s. Well, I mean, even early 50s is not that old, really, in the grand scheme of things, but you might be in that grower stage. So you've got some equity, you've built it up over time because you've paid off your mortgage or you've owned some property for a time and it's gone up in value. Just because you're later in life, and I don't mean that in an offensive way, you always got to be careful what you say around this, but because you're not in that planter stage, you can still go. Hard and go early in terms of property investment. If you need to build up some assets in order to be able to live a comfortable retirement lifestyle or build up that passive income, what would somebody do if they're in that grower stage, Andrew, and wanted to go hard and go early?
1: I think if you are going to go hard and it is relatively new to you, do your research and you know, partner with someone, it doesn't have to be necessarily a property partner like us but at least surround yourself with a good bunch of professionals so that you are making really informed decisions, not just rash decisions. Because there is that life cycle that we've talked about where people do kind of get to somewhere between 55 and 65 and they can start to panic. And I've seen people rush into investment decisions that are poor when they are starting to panic. I'm just thinking of an investor that rang me about a year ago, actually, and they were really, really concerned that they hadn't invested in property and then everyone else had, and they'd done some numbers on the back of an envelope and realised they were going to be broke in, in you know, uh, seven years when they retired. So he and I sort of worked together for a while, but the limitations that he put on himself because he was in such a panic to buy something that was there today meant that they missed out on a number of really good opportunities. And 12 months later, they haven't really done anything. And that's always a bit of a shame as well. So you you want to make sure that you're well-informed and you're making really good decisions, but don't make the first decision just because it's the first decision, make an informed decision.
0: And I think that in particular now was a great time to go hard and early. And it's because becoming a property investor or becoming a residential landlord is becoming harder. And what I mean by that is the Reserve Bank and the government are particularly planning to put restrictions in place that make it harder to acquire properties. Now, certainly there is some other legislation like Healthy Homes, RTA, potentially some changes to how accounting practices work that make it A bit more difficult once you become a landlord to be in the business of providing rental accommodation. But certainly where it is getting the hardest is in the acquisition stage of purchasing property. Because that is what causes heat in the market and potentially pushes up house prices. And certainly, from the government's perspective, stops first home buyers from accessing the property market. So certainly, the government is making it harder for landlords in a lot of different ways. But the main way is in acquiring property. And that's why I think it's important that investors do take action when they are able to, so that you're still able to acquire property. In today's markets rather than in a few months' time where it might potentially become harder. And it's quite interesting, Andrew. We've talked, I think, off air mainly, I don't think we've discussed this on the show before, that people will often ask, How do I buy thirty-eight rental properties like yourself, Andrew? Or they might see somebody who's got fifteen. I remember Nigel, who came on the show, who was talking about going overseas and living off his rental property via a revolving credit in order to fund that overseas experience. You know, and he had fifteen properties and you know, it was a great number but people often say, well, how do I get that many? And in most cases, am I right in saying it's not as easy as it used to be?
1: No, absolutely. Look, previously you could borrow a far higher percentage and banks were a lot easier than they are today. And that's where whilst, you know, if I look back at the number of acquisitions I'd make in a year, whilst that used to be relatively low at the start, you know, I might buy one property a year from 19 and then I'd get another one and it would be quite a slow burn to begin with, but then it really started to take off. Now, it it sort of is more challenging. So, you know, I do have quite a few properties under contract at the moment or uh, in construction at the moment, but it's not the same as, you know, maybe four years ago where one every couple of weeks that I put under contract. So I was going really aggressive at times. And again, you know, I suppose there's a bit of refinement of my portfolio over the last wee while. So because of the healthy homes, I've got rid of stuff and then I've had to replace that and you know, then the market's a little bit harder to find those good deals, and I always got to give the good deals to clients that are working with me first, which is always a bit of a pain. You do have limitations as time goes on, and particularly because we are led under a Labour government, you are going to be under the spotlight as an investor. It is always going to be a bit more challenging in those times. Whilst we've got good interest rates, you've got to still be able to get that money and with the 60% maximum LVR for an existing investment property, it's really tough to recycle that deposit. Even if you're buying new and borrowing 80%, if it's all linked in with other assets, it absolutely does drop to 60% after settlement, and that can make it harder to get usable equity back out. And I guess, actually, that's probably one of the reasons why I stress to investors who are in a position to go hard and go early now, to actually do that because you will regret the deal that you don't do. I guarantee you in five years time, if you've thought about a deal now and you've decided not to do it, you'll be looking at the price later on and be wishing you had.
0: So what I want to ask you then, Andrew, is what should people do if they're scared about the market or scared of more regulation which is coming in? Because I know we've had so many text, emails, Instagram messages, Facebook messages all about this right now, because this is the year of regulation in terms of how the government is going to continue to regulate property investors. Should we be scared about that?
1: You've got to remember, the only consistency in anything is change. There is always going going to be change in property like any other business. And if you're a good business person, you know how to, and God forbid I use this word, pivot. So you have to actually look at these little challenges as opportunities as well. So when the bank brings in healthy homes and things like that, make sure you're buying the right sort of properties that are not going to cause an issue. When they are bringing in LVR restrictions, buy a new property that's exempt. You just use these as an advantage rather than a disadvantage. So you shouldn't be fearful of them unless you're going to make you know, ill-informed decisions. If you're an educated investor, then no issue whatsoever.
0: Fantastic. Let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you've got a topic that you'd like Andrew and I to talk about, like the listener of the show did for today's topic of Go Hard, Go Early, send us a text. Our number is 5522. Whip out your phone, flick us a message, or sometimes I know for whatever reason it doesn't work, or you can't send pictures or images via that text number, just flick them to me personally. My email is ed at opuspartners.co.nz It'd be great to hear from you. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl I'm going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.